Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. Our Dead Pilot this month is called Fun for the Whole Family, and it was created by John Quaintance. Uh, I've been trying to track down John for this podcast for a while, finally got him. Uh, I first met John when he was working with many of my former colleagues from Friends on Joey. But uh, he went on from there to work on Notes from the Underbelly, Perfect Couples, Whitney, Ben and Kate, Undateable, Bad Judge, Clipped, Workaholics, and the reboot of Will and Grace, as well as writing the film Hot Pursuit. Now, surely some of those titles are bringing back some nostalgic feelings for you people. Our cast... From Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Andrew Leeds. From Community, Charlie Kuntz. From One Day at a Time, Isabella Gomez. And then a real legend from Star Trek, from 13 Days, from iRobot, from so many things, Bruce Greenwood. From The Bold Type and How I Met Your Mother, Emily Chang. And from Mr. Mayor, Mike Cabellon. Hey, if you want to see those people, if you want to see the people reading, see their faces in the Zoom boxes, you just be- have to become a Max Fun member for as little as $5 a month. You'll get access to the video, all of the videos from all of the Zoom reads we've been doing during the pandemic, plus even more bonus content from past years. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join. And now enjoy fun for the whole family. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard, and we have no advice. But we do see you doing it. Honk if you like to do it. (laughs) Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, honk if you did it? That's what it was. I think it was honk if you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did we not ever make those? Those We did make them. I think they're still in the Max Fun store. (laughs) Honk, honk. You're doing it. (laughs) Thanks, Biz. So are you. Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Honk, honk. Toot, toot. I'm here with John Quaintance. Hello, John. Hello. How are you, everybody? Uh, It's great to see you. I'm glad I finally roped you in for one of these. Why don't you just uh, tell folks a little bit about what we're about to hear? Well, this is a pilot. It's actually the first pilot I ever uh, sold um, quite a few years back. And it had a kind of weird um, origin story in that I was uh, going in for a meeting on parks and recreation before they knew what it was going to be. I just knew that they were going to do a mockumentary of some kind and that Rashida Jones was going to be in it, but they didn't have a premise. And I'd had an Uh, an unsuccessful meeting on the office that I was never really happy with how I did. So I was like, I'm going to go in really, really prepared. Uh, And if they ask me what I think the spinoff of the office should be, I'm going to come up with this whole idea. So I was like, Oh, well, a family run business would have a different dynamic. So I I broke out all these characters and I came in to this meeting with Greg Daniels and Mike Schur. And I had this whole thing and it never came up. It didn't even come close to coming up. Um, so like in the spirit of nothing is wasted, I was like, I should just make this into a show and drop the mockumentary thing and then sold it to Fox. And, uh, since it was the first thing I ever sold, it was my first time learning the lesson that I've learned a million times since then, which is when the network tells you it looks really, really good. looks really, really good for a pickup. Like you're dead. You're absolutely dead. And it's not going to happen. 
Uh, so this is a delight. I'm so happy that you all gave up some time on your Sunday to do this. Uh, I've actually since then sold a lot of pilots uh, and never gotten to the stage where it gets picked up. Like I always get killed right before the read. So I've never actually seen a table read of a pilot that I've, uh, that I've sold. So this is so exciting for me. Um, and I just, I appreciate you all being here so much. It's what a great cast and uh, I'm really lucky. So thanks so much. Wow, that's so great. I did not realize that. I'm even more excited now. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk more later. Um, but let's let's do this. John Quaintance's first ever table read of the pilot. <laughs> Historic moment. Thank you all for being here for this. This is Fun for the Whole Family, The Pilot by John Quaintance. It's act one where the Winston family house, a Chiron tells us it's 1993. We're close on a framed cover from Chicago Magazine. It shows Harvey Winston in his early 40s with son Max, 13, surrounded by cool looking toys. The headline is Magnificent Miles, Amazing Toy Maker, founder Harvey Winston and son Max. The picture shakes as two boys thunder down the hall. Donnie, 12, runs down the hall carrying something in a brown paper bag pursued by Max, who's 14. Just tell me, Donnie. No, go away. Boys, keep it down! Max chases Donnie into the kitchen where their little sister, Claire, who's eight, is sitting, wearing a tiara. She stands up. The show begins in one minute. Please take your seats. Show me what's in the bag, Donnie. No, you'll tell dad if I show you. I'll tell dad if you don't show me. The fairy ballet is starting. Sit down. Go away, Claire. Daddy, nobody's paying attention to me. Claire, I bet you can't run to the upstairs bathroom and back in one minute. Oh, yeah? Watch me. Claire runs off. Max looks at Donnie like, well? Okay, fine. I stole a men's magazine from the newsstand, and I'm going to charge guys at school a buck to look at it. Just because you're dad's favorite doesn't mean you're the only smart one in the family. Let me see the magazine. Donnie takes it out of the bag. There are two shirtless guys with mustaches on the cover. Donnie, why are there two guys on the cover? Because it's a men's magazine, dummy. Those are the men inside the magazine doing stuff to women. Man, look how muscular that black guy is. I bet he can take on two girls at once. Yeah, open it up and see for yourself. Donnie flips the magazine open and his eyes go wide. How am I related to you? And we go to the present day on Magnificent Mile. Christmas decorations are everywhere on Michigan Avenue. A handsome, well-dressed guy gets out of a cab. He walks up to the huge window of Winston Toys. It's filled with colorful high-end toys, metal robots, mob mobiles, stuffed animals, etc. A miniature roller coaster track winds up, down, and around the window. The inside of Winston Toys is bright and happy. In the middle of the store is a model of the Chicago skyline made from colored Lego-like bricks. Dina, a psychotically cheerful employee, leads a group of first graders and their teacher on a tour of the store. And this scale model of the Chicago skyline is made from over 40,000 individual blocks. All the toys you see here were designed upstairs in our offices exclusively for our store. Dina stops at a display of action figures of a little boy dressed as a superhero. This little guy is our best-selling toy of all time. Does anyone know who he is? 
Mighty Max. Mighty Max. That's right. Max. This is Mighty Max, the nine-year-old superhero. And he was based on an idea that founder Harvey Winston's oldest son, Max, had when he was in first grade, just like you. We see that the handsome guy is there. Uh, no, he wasn't. He was. Oh, really? And how do you know that? He holds Mighty Max up to his face. There's a resemblance. Because I'm Max. This is me. And here comes my dad. Harvey Winston approaches furious, older now, blunt, hard-nosed, thinks the world is mostly full of jerks, but is softy deep down. Deep, deep down. How dare you show your face in here? You, I should have security throw you out in your ass. <laughs> hi, hi, kids. Enjoy the tour. You get a free thing at the end. Harvey walks off fast. Max tries to keep up. You think you can just show up at my store like everything's fine? I, I sent you a, a bunch of emails. They go right down my spam folder. Look, I... Wow, you still walk fast. I have a company to run. It's not some fancy New York City bank, so it wouldn't interest you. Seriously, how is it even possible that you're walking this fast? Max breaks into a light jog. They reach an elevator. Harvey swipes a card and presses up. I, I, I don't want this between us anymore. I'm, I'm here to apologize for the way I left. You've had five years to apologize. Why now? It's the holidays, time for healing old wounds, bringing families together. The season is the reason. Okay, fine. If that's all you came for, apology accepted. Happy holidays. The elevator doors open. Harvey gets in. The doors start to close, but Max sticks his hand in. I'm broke, Dad. I knew it! I knew this day would come. Dating a rich girl, spending beyond your means. Why didn't you ask her daddy for a raise? The bank went under, I lost my job, and Kirsten broke up with me. I've got nothing but a carload of stuff and the very expensive clothes on my back. I, I want my old job back. You walk out on me and this company, and now you have the audacity to think you can just waltz back in here, and I'll take you back. I've never been so insulted in all my life. Very insulted. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. You should be. Now get in. What? Do you want a job or not? Uh, I, uh, yes, yes. Max gets in the elevator. Thank, thank you, Dad. Doesn't mean I like you. And the doors close, and that's the end of Act One. Act Two, it's moments later in the Winston Toys offices. They're chaotic. It's a brightly colored industrial space with exposed ducts and beams. Max and Harvey exit the elevator. Boxes are stacked everywhere. You'll be starting over at the bottom. Of course. And your salary starts over, too. I totally understand. You can start by moving these boxes. Not really dressed for moving boxes. You need to punish me a little. I get that. What's in them? Harvey takes a Barbie-like doll out of an open box. Well, we got a recall disaster on our hands. These were supposed to be our big Christmas toy, Salon Sally. You style and dye her hair and then put her under a little blow dryer. What's, what's wrong with her? Harvey puts the Sally doll close to the light bulb of a lamp at the front desk. And her hair bursts into flames. Oh, that's not good at all. Harvey throws the flaming doll to Max, who catches it and tries to blow out the fire. Harvey types on his phone. Claire's late, as usual, but we should go see Donnie. You can see what your office would have looked like if you weren't a selfish disappointment of a son. Then, brightly, to a passing extra. Morning, Marie! We go to a restaurant, same time. Claire Winston, Max's little sister, beautiful, together, but forever the spoiled baby of the family, is sitting in a restaurant booth. She reads a text from her dad. Oh my effing G. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. 
we reveal Claire's pet pug, Kitty, sitting across from her, sitting in a booster seat, eating pancakes. Claire starts texting furiously. Go to the bullpen. Mickey, a free spirit indie rock chick, gets a text from Claire and her eyes go wide. She spots Harvey and Max walking towards her, gets up and runs down the hall. In Donnie's office, moments later, Donnie is on the phone. He's not especially hip. Lots of surface confidence, but extremely fragile. Hi, this is Donnie Winston. I'm uh, interested in attending Dr. Resnick's seminar, The Secret Power of You. Mickey comes in about to burst. She motions to Donnie, but he shakes his head and points to the phone. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I was at uh, Unleashing the Inner Millionaire in July. Plus, I've attended Potential Con three years running, so. Donnie! Donnie shakes her off. Mickey grabs a folder from a cabinet and some lipstick from her pocket and starts writing furiously. Now, according to the website, I'm only three levels away from the top of my self-confidence pyramid. Donnie looks up to see Mickey holding the folder with the words, your brother is here, written in lipstick. Uh, I'm going to have to call you back. You go to the hallway. I know how you are with Donnie, so if you're going to grace us with your presence, don't push his buttons. That was when we were kids. It's not like that anymore. Oh, I forgot. Five years of fancy living in New York has made you a completely different person. Uh, No, not being a kid anymore has made me into a different person. You're still the same person. And I can still beat you in arm wrestling. Just don't push Donnie's buttons. He's always been threatened by you. In Donnie's office, Max and Harvey enter. Donnie shows Mickey a framed picture. And that's why I have this framed picture of me and President Obama. (gasps) Oh, hey! Look who's here. Look, Max is here. Hi. How are you, man? Hey, Donnie. You, uh, you, look, you look good. I am good. Really good. No, th- th- uh, things, are, things are good. Yeah. How, how are uh, Gina and the kids? Great. Getting huge. The kids, not, not Gina. She's still really skinny and uh, hot, hot. Um, how's Kirsten? Uh, she broke up with me. Yeah, Claire told me. So why are you, what, uh, why did you, how, how long are you um, in town? I'm giving him a job. Great. Wow, a job. Great. That's great. That's great news. Hope you're not taking my office. <laughs> He's starting over at the bottom. This is Mickey. She works with Claire. Hi. Uh, she's running late, by the way. She had a breakfast meeting. Well, we have a full staff meeting to deal with the Salon Sally disaster. It's at noon, so tell her it's at 11.30. Come on, Donnie, I want you on this call as if we don't have enough to deal with. The Kids Cancer Center wants three times as many free toys this Christmas. They they know that kids are my kryptonite, so they got to go in and close pictures. <sighs> Manipulative bastards. Donnie stays standing there next to Max. Better go get on this call. Hey, look, that's me and Obama. Donnie. Don't sit in my chair. Donnie and Harvey exit. Max heads for Donnie's chair. Well, I kind of have to sit in it now. You know. We go to the kitchen moments later. Mickey and Max walk into the kitchen area. Wow, still smells like old popcorn. You know I used to work here, right? Right. You were being groomed to take over, but then you fell in love with a rich girl named Kirsten from this perfect blonde family, and you got a job at her dad's bank in New York, and I've only spoken to your dad seven times since. Got to change the lock in my diary. I've worked here three years, so I'm kind of an expert on the Winston tribe. I'm like Jane Goodall watching my little ape family living and working together. Well, let's hope you don't get murdered. What? Why would I get murdered? Uh, like Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall wasn't murdered. 
Oh, 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 you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the lady in Gorillas in the Mist. Sigourney Weaver was in it from Alien. I know who Sigourney Weaver is. It's awkward. Claire enters and hugs Max, glad to see him. Kitty the pug runs in after her and starts jumping up at Max. No way. Hi. Hey, you. Look, Kitty, this is your Uncle Max. Max picks her up and she starts licking her face. Claire opens the fridge and grabs some orange juice. Careful. She's been barfing for two days. Look, I don't know what's wrong with her. Could you maybe put some of this OJ in her bowl in my office? Sure. Staff meeting at 1130 about Salon Sally. Uh, nice, nice talking with you. Mickey gives him a tight smile and exits with Kitty. How cute is she? The dog or the girl? Shut up, Mickey. She's probably the first cute girl you've talked to since Kirsten. I bet you've already said something awkward and stupid to her. It's possible I made a joke about her being murdered. Shut up. <laughs> of course you did. Okay, so I don't get it. You're like working here again? Yeah, but like in a slightly different... Uh... Shut up! Working here makes you crazy! Yeah, it does, but... You well, know. thank God you're here, because ever since Donnie became a big shot, he's made my life hell. I mean, he's blaming me for this recall, and I'm like, hello, I'm VP of Marketing. How is that on me? And I seriously can't believe you're here. I mean, have you talked to Kristen? How was that? Wait, did Donnie freak? Tell me everything. Uh, really? Because that's going to be at least five solid minutes of me talking and you listening. No, yeah, that's a good point. We'll do it in bits and pieces, spread it out throughout the day. I'm too worried about Kitty to focus anyway. Wait, where are Donnie and Dad? Uh, on a call to some kid's cancer place. <gasps> oh my God. What if Kitty has cancer? In Harvey's office, Harvey and Donnie wrap up their conference call. Well, we'll send those toys right over. You tell those brave kids to get better. <laughs> Harvey hangs up and tries to compose himself. Donnie starts to speak, but Harvey holds up his finger. Not yet. Okay. Oh, it got me again. 50 boxes of toys. We can't afford this right now. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening today. <laughs> you okay with this Max situation? Of course. Yeah, you know, uh, Max is part of our team now. And, and remember, good teams become great ones when the members trust each other enough to surrender the me for the we. What is that? Am I supposed to? It's Phil Jackson. Have you still not read the book I gave you? I'm emailing you a reminder to read it, okay? You know I hate basketball. It's not about basketball, Dad. It's about life. Go to the bullpen a little later. Max enters, followed by Josh, a family friend, well-meaning but hopeless, carrying a box. Boxes are stacked nearby. Yeah, so your dad goes, Josh, your father's my best friend. You'll always have a job here. And I go, sweet, because I've been fired from so many places. It's like we're kids again, huh? Helping uh, my dad around the office. Yeah. It's weird you still have that thing where you can't lift heavy stuff. Uh, it's my genetic curse. Hey, remember how obsessed with Claire used to be? Josh drops the box with a crash and walks Max to a desk that's covered in computer parts. Right, yeah, that's totally stopped. Here's your desk. I'll be back to set up your computer in a few. Sorry about the mess. Desk in the bullpen. Man, talk about the bottom of the barrel. Josh loads stuff onto a cart. He removes a huge monitor to reveal Mickey sitting across from Max. She glares at him. Wow, I am on a roll with you. Well, at least if I'm sitting across from you, I can protect you from assassins. <laughs> See, most guys wouldn't have gone back to the murder area, but I doubled down. 
Josh exits. You should really bring your own computer from home and never let Josh touch it. I can't believe my dad gave him a job. Of course, it was probably Donnie's idea. He's not exactly the best, Tim. Hey, look, it's Donnie. Hi, Donnie. Donnie walks up and knocks on Max's desk. Knock, knock. How are the new digs? Well, you know, I haven't really decorated yet, but I've got big plans. Yeah, probably a little smaller than what you had back at that bank in New York, huh? Yep. Uh, yeah, my office there was even bigger than your office here. Wow, cool. Uh, and now you're here. Anyway, I wanted to give you this. Donnie gives Max a copy of Sacred Hoops by Phil Jackson. I like to give a copy of this book to new members of my team, just like Phil did. Uh, no, no uh, Phil Jackson gave different people different books and not his own book. No, he gave them all this book. No, he gave people other books that he picked especially for them. Giving the book he wrote would be like a little bit like... Okay, okay, like okay, okay, okay. I guess we'll agree to disagree. I got to go get ready for the staff meeting. And, you know, you can't put those boxes in here. They're blocking the handicap access, okay? Uh, right, because we have so An many. extra in a wheelchair hums by. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Donnie smirks and exits. Please tell me Claire is slightly less ridiculous to work for than Donnie. Claire is probably the most valuable employee in this company. She acts like a 12-year-old. Exactly. And she thinks like one. She's a total savant at marketing to kids. Your dad calls her the golden goose. In Claire's office at the same time, Claire is wearing fairy wings and holding a fancy fairy wand talking with Doug, an engineer who takes notes. Okay, these wings don't make me feel like a fairy princess. They make me feel like a bug. And this wand needs to be way more sparkly. And how are the ribbons not pink? I mean, honestly, Doug, that is like fairy princess 101. I'm going to lunch. In the bullpen, Max and Mickey are as we left them. That actually makes a lot of sense. Mickey exits as Connie, abrasive Chicago accent, and her husband, Frank, belongs at a racetrack, walk over. Well, 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 if it isn't my cousin, the fancy pants back from the Big Apple. Connie, Frank, what, what are you guys doing here? Having lunch with my dad? Yeah, we work here now, Jagoff. I'm in charge of customer service and Frank's in charge of looking busy. Oh, why do you have to undermine me like that? I work very hard. And, and you, get, you gave me the wrong fulfillment numbers on those Salon Sally recalls, Miss Perfect. He storms off. She sits down at a desk. There's a bunch of the cousins working here now. Dale's at the warehouse where his back isn't bugging him. And Mike's been telecommuting during his home confinement. And, oh, hang on. Winston Toys. Okay, ma'am, calm down. Once you extinguish the fire, I'll walk you through the refund process. And my dad has lost his mind. In Claire's office, Max walks in. Claire's there with Mickey and Kitty and is yelling at someone on the phone. You can't schedule a focus group right before lunch. That's total prenup meltdown time. No, not for me, for the kids. Push it an hour. She slams the phone down. Uh, do you know how many... Um... Careful. Kitty threw up there. And there. Are those pancakes? Yeah, and pancakes always make Kitty feel better. That's why I'm freaking out. Mickey's Googling dog cancer for me. Do you know how many family members are on the payroll now? 12, including grandma. She faxes and ideas for toys sometimes from the nursing home. Most of them are pretty racist. That's crazy. Plus this recall thing, dad used to run such a tight ship. What happened? What happened? <laughs> are you kidding? Mickey, will you explain it to him? 
Your dad surrounds himself with family members, even if they're incompetent, as a reaction to getting divorced and having you leave in close succession. And Donnie won't call him on it because he needs your dad to like him all the time. Hello? <laughs> Obvious. Why do you think profits have gone down every year since you left? Profits? Wait, why didn't I know that? Can we stop talking about work and focus on Kitty's cancer situation? Then maybe I should have Josh take her to the doctor. Josh appears in her door instantly. Did you just say my name? Is there any way you could take Kitty to the vet for me? There's an any way you could stop me. Kitty runs to Josh and they exit. Max is lost in thought. Okay, what if she has to do chemo? If she loses her hair, we all have to shave our heads in solidarity. Right, Max? Max! Claire, is this company falling apart? Oh my God. Are we seriously back on your thing again? You are so self-centered. And that's the end of act two. Did you ever pull into the driveway after a trip to the grocery store only to realize you forgot that one key ingredient for dinner? Well, now you have options. You can get the groceries you need or a backup meal from your favorite local restaurant delivered with DoorDash. Now, everyone knows that DoorDash has restaurants, but you can now get groceries and other essential items from them, too. So get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, Cheesecake Factory. Ordering is easy, and your items will be left safely outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop-off. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code DEADPILOTS. That's 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code DEADPILOTS. One more time, don't forget, that's code DEADPILOTS for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. As the faith would say, subject to change, terms apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Ritual. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. What won't you find? Sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Don't want them. Won't find them here. Ritual has been real helpful to me. I feel good every day. I've been taking it for about six months, and I can't get enough. Give me that Ritual. You'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Now available for women, men, and teens, these multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So get on the Ritual train. You won't be sorry. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering Dead Pilot Society listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash deadpilots to start your ritual today. I listen to Bullseye because Jesse always has really good questions. What did John Malkovich wear when he was 20? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. There's always that moment where Jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me, and that is so real. Bullseye, 
Interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. Mac 3, we're in a conference room a little later. Max sits at a conference table with Harvey, Donnie, Claire, Mickey, Connie, and Frank, and some extras. Everyone is talking over one another. It's exactly like a chaotic family dinner. You're not listening to me, can, Donnie. Can we, can we get some proposals down here? Why are they always all down that end? I'm <laughs> sitting right under the vent again. Do you have to be on that phone every second of your life? My dog probably needs surgery. This is insane. It's like family dinners when I was a kid, but without alcohol. Oh, Frank has alcohol. Frank takes a surreptitious hit off a flask. This is no way to run a business. Okay, okay, listen up. We got a major crisis on our hands, but right now isn't the time to figure out whose fault it is. We need a hit to replace Salon Sally, so that's our first order of business. Right. First, we're going to talk new toy ideas. And then second, we'll tackle the whose fault is this recall question. <laughs> it's not my fault, I know that. Well, she was your idea. Yeah, but I didn't tell you to hire those stupid, cheapo manufacturers who decided to give Sally flammable hair because I am a professional and I would never let myself make such a careless- Claire's phone rings. She stands up and exits as she answers. Josh, what did the vet say? Talk to me. Okay, moving on to new toy ideas, okay? I got one and it's big. Let's talk about things we know. Fact, little girls love unicorns. Fact. Little girls love dolls that go to the bathroom. So let's do a unicorn that goes to the bathroom. There's an uncomfortable silence. Glances are shared. Does the unicorn have like a, a diaper on? No, no, there's no diaper. What, why would a unicorn wear a diaper, Mickey? So it doesn't get everything wet? No, no, it, it poops. And there's nothing to clean because what comes out is like a little chocolate jelly bean, you know? So it's also a candy dispenser, which is another thing little girls love. Triple bullseye. I'm, I'm sorry, I have, I have a question. No, you don't. Yes, yes, he does. What's your question, Max? Well, do you really think little girls want to eat unicorn poop? Uh, you, th you think that's going to be a selling point? Well, it's jelly beans. It's not actual unicorn. No, no, no. I, I, I get that it's not actual unicorn manure because that would probably be very hard to find. Uh, but, but the simulation of, of eating it, that's, that's the draw of this toy? It's a pretty unicorn that you feed and take care of, and it dispenses candy. I, I, am I? Out of its anus. Yeah. Why are you? Dad, why is he? It's a good idea. It sure is. Are you kidding me? It's a terrible idea. There's a long silence. Claire re-enters, overjoyed. Oh, it's not cancer. She just swallowed a button. <laughs> Something weird just happened, didn't it? We go to Harvey's office moments later. Harvey, Donnie, Max, and Claire are in Harvey's office. Okay, I didn't want to do this in front of everyone, so that's why I called this family meeting. Still say it should have been in my office, but here we are. Okay, do I have to be here? I've got a buttload of work to do. It'll only be a few minutes, sweetheart. Oh, okay, go ahead, Donnie. Max, you can't undermine me like that because when we are in this building, you're not my big brother. That's ridiculous, of course I am. Not in our work family. In our work family, I'm the oldest, Claire's the middle child, and since you've just started over again, you're the teeny tiny baby. <laughs> Uh, yuck, I am not the middle child. Nobody wants to be the middle child. Oh, really? 
because Phil Jackson is a middle child and he won 10 championships, which you know if you read the book I gave you. Hey, Dad, tell Donnie I'm the baby. Yeah, of course, you're, you're the baby, honey. Uh, Donnie's just making a point. Max, what do you have to say to your brother? Donnie, I'm sorry I forgot how easily offended you are. I'm not offended. I have very thick skin. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no. All highly affected people have thick skin, Claire. Also in the book. I'm not offended. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we all understand our roles on the team. I, can I just say... Claire, this is between me and Max. Okay, then why am I here? Because middle children are valuable and important. So, we agreed that the baby of the work family should keep his opinions to himself unless he's asked for them? Sure. Thank you. Can we go now? I have to go tell those dummies in R&D that the princess play phones need to look like this and not like some stupid flip phone from 2006. Why does everyone suck? I don't know, honey. You two can go, but not you, Max. Claire and Donnie exit. Max starts to say something, but stops. Do you have something to say to me? No. Yes, you do. You've been dying to tell me what you think about how I run this place since the second you walked in here. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. Come on, tell me what you think. It's okay, I wanna know. Fine. I think the way you run this place is kind of insane. How dare you come in here and criticize me? You said you wanted to know. What, do you think you know better than me? What's wrong with the way I run this company? Are you kidding me? I feel like I'm in a documentary about why families shouldn't work together. Are, are there cameras in here? 90% of all businesses in America are family-run businesses. 90% of all businesses aren't run by someone who wants to make pooping unicorns. 0% of them are. Are you finished? Yes. No, I mean, did you actually think that the that unicorn thing was a good idea? No, of course not, but Donnie's very sensitive, so when he pitches terrible ideas, we indulge him. They die in the focus groups, and he lets it go. Oh, so you're okay throwing all this time and money away just to not hurt his feelings? Look, listen to me. Donnie is a born salesman. He's great at that part of his job, but what he wants more than anything is to come up with one great idea. So if I have to lose a little money to protect him until the day he surprises us all, I'll take that hit. And so will you, or you can find another way to make money. Okay. Fine. You're all crazy, but fine. Let's go arm wrestling, you and me. I, I don't want to arm wrestle you. We go to the bullpen later. Josh approaches Max and Mickey's desk with a box. Max is rubbing his sore arm. Wow, is he stronger than he looks. So do you still work here? Because I kind of put setting up your computer on hold. Yeah, I still work here as long as I can learn how to keep my opinions to myself. Ooh, yeah, that's always been hard for you. Oh, okay, yeah, you've known me since this morning. Well, here's your first test because a toy Donnie pitched last month is about to get focus group tested. Does it involve animal waste? Mickey takes out a pair of giant plastic gloves that are decorated to look like robot hands and slips them on. It's actually pretty cool. They're called Mechanimits. They're a sequel to Monster Mitts, our bestseller from last Christmas. So you squeeze the little handle inside and... The fingers of the gloves open and close. I am a robot. Teach me how to love. Oh, those are awesome! She gives them to Josh, who puts them on. Max looks skeptical. Uh, 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 those are dangerous. They're hard plastic. Kids are going to hurt each other. and We're going to have another recall on our hands. I think you're overreacting. Josh accidentally pokes himself in the eye and yelps. Ah! 
Okay, some slow kids might hurt themselves, but aren't you gonna get fired if you don't keep your mouth shut? I don't care. Another disaster right now could bring this whole place down, and I'm, I'm not letting that happen. When is this focus group getting here? They're downstairs already. We're starting as soon as Donnie and Claire get back from lunch. We smash cut to Winston Toys moments later. Max gets off the elevator and heads for a group of 8 to 10-year-olds and their parents by a small play area near Dina, the sales clerk. McKenna mitts are set out on the table. Hi, uh, Dina. So the focus group has been canceled and we need these people out of here right away. And you can't tell them my brother. Uh, Let me do that again. Uh, hi, Dina. The focus group has been canceled and we need these people out of here right away. And you can't tell my brother we ever had this conversation. Oh, and I work here now. Moments later, the kids and parents file out as Donnie and Claire approach. But I want to play with mechanics. What do you want me to do? It's canceled. Whoa, who said the focus group was canceled? The kid points in the window at Max. He did. Donnie stares daggers at Max, who waves sheepishly. Moments later, Donnie, with Claire on his heels, leads the group back into the store and marches past Max, who follows. Everything I do, since we were kids, every single thing. What are you doing, Max? There's a problem with the gloves. Yeah, you didn't think of them. You can't believe I could ever have a good idea. They're dangerous. Kids could get hurt punching each other with them. Back by the testing table, they pass a display of monster mitts, which look like Hulk hands. Donnie slips on a pair. Do you know how many of these we sold last year? And not one safety complaint. He punches Max lightly. Does that hurt? No, but those are soft rubber. Max puts on a pair of mechanomits from the testing table. These are hard plastic. He punches Donnie lightly. You feel the difference? They punch each other with increasing force. Stop. Quit it. You quit it, you big... Baby? You're the baby. Oh my god, you guys stop or I'm telling dad. They go back and forth until Max hits Donnie too hard. In slow-mo, Donnie charges at Max, pushing him into the scale model of the Chicago skyline. They trade blows like two creatures in a Godzilla movie, knocking over and stepping on skyscrapers and small buildings. Donnie lands a huge blow to Max's face. Max crashes into the Sears Tower and falls down with it in a heap. And that's the end of Act 3. In Act 4, we're in Harvey's office a little later. Max sits in Harvey's office dejected. Harvey stares at him. I know. You don't even have to say anything. I'm the biggest disappointment in the history of four firstborn sons. On top of everything else, now you can have fighting with Donnie, ruining your display, and terrorizing all those little kids. That big girl would not stop crying. I've never been more proud of you. What? what? Why on earth would you be proud of me? Because you were trying to help your family. And your whole life, you've been trying to run away from us. That, that's not true. When you were seven, you used to tell strangers your name was Mark Tottenbury from London, England. Oh, uh, yeah. Forgot about Mark. He talks a lot like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. And every girl he ever dated has come from these perfect Norman Rockwell families. Especially Kirsten. Being around her family is like living in a J. Crew catalog. But, I don't know, I never really fit in with them either. Of course not. Because they didn't need you. That's the trouble with perfect families. They don't need fixing. But you're needed here in a way that you could never be needed anywhere else. Working for Donnie... Uh... Ah, it'll make you more humble. And God knows you need it. You just have to learn to pick your battles with him. And I don't mean actual battles that destroy parts of the store. You're going to have to learn how to help him without him knowing it. And Claire. And me. That's your job. 
I thought my job was box mover. I mean your job as Max, the oldest child in this family, the one who fixes things. Are you paying attention? It's hard to keep straight what's business and what's family in this company. I'll make it simple for you. The business is the family is the business. They're one and the same. Now I'm promoting you from box mover to box deliverer. Now fill up those 50 boxes of our best toys. Take them to the place where they have to go. The Children's Cancer Hospital? I can't. Uh, just go, okay? Hey, bad enough they're going to put us in the red. You don't need to see me cry, too. Max gets an idea and stands up. Maybe, maybe we don't have to be in the red. In Claire's office a little later, Max has just finished telling his idea to Claire. Kitty's in her lip, in her lap, wearing the fairy wings. That's genius. That's pure, sick genius. I can totally make this happen. I bet you can't do it in 24 hours, though. Oh, you think I can't turn it around that fast? Because I'm just your baby sister? I'll have it done by tomorrow morning. Great, but you think we can get away with this? Donnie can sell it. Donnie can sell anything. Him, I'm, I'm not sure he wants to deal with you right now. Uh, no, I, I think I need to talk to him. Donnie's office, a little later, he's, Donnie is sitting at his desk, framing a black and white picture. Max enters. Hey, man, what are you, uh, what are you working on? It's part of Dad's Christmas present. I found all these old family pictures, and I'm framing them for his office wall. It's a really good idea, Donnie. He's going to love that. Hey, I'm... Um, I'm really sorry about what happened down there. I was, I was way out of line. I don't let things like that bother me. I'm past it. I'm not even thinking about it anymore. Are you okay with it though? Because I know you kind of hang on to stuff like that. I'm good. I'm good. Because as a great man once said, true joy comes from being fully present in each and every moment, not just when things are going your way. Phil Jackson, you read the book. Love the book. Isn't it great? God. Well, I got a lot of great books and audio books and motivational pamphlets. Anytime you need to pick me up, really. Thanks. But what I really need right now is your help. I, I sort of had an idea that might help us with our Christmas situation, but Claire and I both agreed that we need the real idea man to make it work. Okay, great. And who is this idea man? You are, obviously. Right. Obviously. <laughs> At Winston Toys the next day, there's a small press conference underway down in the store. Donnie stands at a makeshift podium talking with Marvin, a representative from the Children's Cancer Hospital. Harvey, Max, and Claire are in the background as Donnie speaks. And so this holiday season, instead of donating a bunch of generic toys to these special kids, we all came together as a family and decided to design an exclusive new doll, especially for Children's Cancer Hospital of Chicago. Donnie presents a doll to Marvin. It's Salon Sally with her hair removed, so she's bald and she has a cancer ribbon on her lapel. I present to you Survivor Sally. May all your brave children see their own strength and beauty reflected in a doll of their very own. Thank you. Wow. What a wonderful gesture from a, from a wonderful family. Flashbulbs pop. Harvey wipes a tear from his eye. Wow, you really cannot handle the sick kid thing, can you? No, it's not that. I'm just crying because the three of you saved me so much money. 
and we fade out and that is our show okay i hope you enjoyed that and i hope you'll come back next week to hear my interview with john it's great i guarantee some real wisdom gets dropped in that one dead pilot society is produced by me and my co-producer ben blacker and our associate producer noah finling it is edited by jordan katz if you like this show really the best thing you could do if you like this show is tell a friend tell find one friend tell them about the show uh if you want to even do even more leave us a review on apple podcasts or stitcher wherever you listen to the show you can follow us on social media to find out all the latest. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. Until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.